in Zambia, I don't know how it is everywhere else, but in Zambia, from my experience, there needs to be a mentality shift in both people that aspire to do voiceovers and people mm. that pay for voiceovers. Mm. They need to understand that, yo, this is someone's livelihood. This is their time, their ingenuity and their creativity. It took years of them to practice, to perfect and to do safely. I urge all our WWE fans, never try this out. Anyway. <laughs> but you get, yeah. you get, you get, you get, you get. Hi, and welcome to the Everything VoiceOvers podcast. I am T-Code, an African voiceover talent from Nigeria, and this is my podcast, where I take on voiceover topics from an African perspective. My guest on this episode is one of Zambia's top voiceover artists, Destro FPN. Destro, who is also a rapper and spoken words artist, introduces me to the voiceover landscape in Zambia. Sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Everything Voice of Us podcast and as usual, I bring on board African voice talent to come discuss voiceover related topics in their country and today I'm going out of Nigeria. By the way, my name is T-Code and I'm your host for this episode. This is episode 16 of the podcast. I'm super excited that I've been able to do this 16 times, right? <laughs> okay, so the journey is getting more interesting. And again, like I said today, I'm going out of Nigeria. Today I have with me one of Zambia's most prolific voice actors. He's also an actor, spoken word artist and performer and copywriter. Now with a spoken word album, a hip hop EP and performances across Africa to his name, this audio creative has been proven to be a brilliant storyteller. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you one of Zambia's favorite voices, Destro FNP. Destro, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, on this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm mighty thankful, my brother. Thank you so much for having me on, and I'm good. I'm doing good. It's nice to have you here. I, I, I've been anticipating this since we had a conversation about a few months ago. I remember the first time we met was in a meeting. Um, yeah, we were having a meeting about what's happening in Zambia and how we can get um, the podcast and the voice of our community, you know, growing more over there. And it's it's really nice to have this conversation with you finally, uh, Destro. And by the way, how is Zambia? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, Zambia right now is hot. You know, wow. wearing a wow. jersey in this season. It's it's really hot. I think maybe because we're so close to the equator, it's a, mm. it's a mm. bit of a it's a bit of a crazy one. Wow. Interesting. Well, Nigeria, on the other hand, is about hot and a bit cool. Cool because we've been having some heavy rains and um, we've had uh, floods in a couple of, uh, you know, areas in the country. Uh, OK, by the way, this is how I like to start the podcast for every episode for every of my guests we start off with their names um as africans we have very unique sounding names and that's because we belong to different tribes right and um so that comes with the accent or the intonations that are used to pronounce these names so i'd like to start with your name and I am aware, yeah. although I, I stand to be corrected, that your, uh, I mean, Destro is sort of like a nickname. So what's your real name and how is it pronounced and what does it mean, actually? Okay, great. Uh, Destro is a nickname. It's more or less um, an Italian transliteration of my, my middle name, which is Dexter. My first name is Chisenga. Yeah, so Chisenga... I've never really gotten the meaning for it, but when I was younger, my grandmother used to tell me that your name means someone intelligent. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's interesting. Right, right. I, I still don't know if, if she was saying it sarcastically or, or she meant what she was saying, but she always used to say that every time I did something stupid. So <laughs> Wow. Okay. So let's 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 learn a bit about um you and about growing up in Zambia before we get into the talks of voiceovers and other things that you're involved in. What was growing up in Zambia like for you? Yo, growing up in Zambia for me has been interesting. Mm. I would say it it wasn't the easiest of journeys. It's mm. the kind of journey that has made me the kind of person I am today. And when I look back at how interesting it has been, 
I'm thankful, honestly. Uh, growing up in Zambia, you get to to realize a lot of things. People are 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 so different because Zambia is more or less like a melting pot of so many different cultures. Um, you know, because mm-hmm. we're we're a land linked country, so we don't have any sea outlets and so on and so forth. So a lot of our cultures are mixed from around the countries that surround us. You know, we've got mm-hmm. a bit of, of Tanzania in us, we've got a bit of Malawi in us, we've got a bit of Mozambique, Zimbabwe, uh, Botswana, Namibia, Angola, Congo as well. And then the indigenous Zambian with such a melting pot of culture is bound to to be special. If I if I, if mm-hmm. I put that in a nutshell, to be to be special. So yeah, I, w- I would say growing up in Zambia has been very interesting. And the journey, the journey continues. I'm still discovering mm-hmm. more as I grow. And in in this age where you and I are able to have this very instantaneous conversation, but we're miles away from each other, is also yeah, another yeah. milestone in, in the speciality of the growth that's happening around us. That's uh, quite interesting, Destro. And listening to you talk about Zambia, obviously Zambia is, like you said, a landlocked country, uh, linking Central, South and East Africa. And that makes it um, a melting pot of different countries, Tanzania, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, Botswana, and a couple of them like that. I'm interested or I'm curious to understand how these multi would I say multi-ethnicity and I mean, different countries in one country, you know, that, that connection, how it affects the voices over there, especially in reference to accents. Do we have a situation where we have different types of accents in Zambia? And I, I actually don't know what the um, ethnic groups are like in Zambia. Is there a predominant one or the different ethnic groups and by listening to someone speak, you can tell this person is from this part of Zambia and that person is from another part of Zambia, another ethnic group, or another country even. How how does this whole thing play in Zambia? Yo, that's a that's a really interesting question. Um I I, I wouldn't want to give you like a huge compressed answer, but I'll, I'll, try, <laughs> I'll try I'll try and be as brief as possible <laughs> in in mm-hmm. how I'm uh, tackling this question. So the first thing that I would like you to know is that having so many voices just more or less more or less adds to like the palette of uniqueness that's uh, present here. And then the other thing about the uniqueness that's present here is everyone has something interesting to say. Everybody has got a really interesting side to life or slice mm-hmm. of life that they that they have to that they have to tell, you know. But the, the struggles are dissimilar in for the most part. And then the other thing about the other thing about it as well is people are very expressive. Everyone wants to be in the forefront of telling their story, you know? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, and as much as people are very expressive, they're also very humble. There's a there's a culture of humility that mm-hmm. uh, I would say describes the scene here in, in Zambia. Everybody everybody aligns with the most humble if i may put it that way like if someone is doing amazing things and they purport themselves as someone who's humble a lot of people are going to fall in love with that person and they're really going to rally behind that person people don't like pride here like if if you're going to be arrogant and you're going to be proud nobody's really going to mess with you they're going to like leave you alone to do whatever it is you're doing you know you'll still make a lot livelihood per se but you just won't really be a people's favorite and then uh outside of that as well we have a lot of we have a lot of what there's a there's a part of your question where you were asking about uh the voices voices but ethnic groups and the tribes yeah different ethnic groups and so on and so forth we have what we call the north and the south right so for us the north there's 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 a particular tribe known as the Bemba, and then for the south we have the Tonga, right? So everybody in between, because there are more than seventy two tribes in Zambia, 
I think it's like 73 nice, to be nice. exact. But there could be a 74th. I'm not entirely sure. But even with that, you find that there are a number of factors that also contribute to like the different accents that are at play. I'm sure like when when you hear me, you're like, oh, okay. I'm sure there are many other Zambians that sound like the way Destro sounds right now. Contrary to popular belief, that may not be the case. <laughs> We're probably a, a, a countable population of people that sound or speak in the manner that I'm speaking. And then different people pertaining to region, like if they're from the north, they predominantly break English, as it is said, and, you know, add H where there's no H. <laughs> they have an L where there's no L and an R where there's no R. You know, like it's 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 very interesting. It's very nice to see and it's, it's very nice to be part of. And it also helps with more or less coming to a place where you try and understand the differences that make up the uniqueness of being Zambian. You know, there's a whole lot of that. Uh, yeah, there's a whole lot of that. And it's it's beautiful to see. And it's also nice to tell that story because so many of these people crave representation. They want mm -hmm. their story to be told. They want to be represented, to feel seen, to feel heard as well. So it's something that when 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 I look at like the tapestry of it all and I and I consider my background, I consider how I've grown up and I consider where I where I want to go, I would rather be here and try and shift things as they are. That's quite interesting. You know, um, also speaking from a Nigerian perspective now, we have close to 400 tribes in Nigeria. Now let's go into voiceovers. Let's go into the arts. Um, you're a voice actor, but I don't want to start with the voiceover part. I want to talk about you as a creative, an audio creative. You're a spoken word artist. You're a, you're, you're a hip hop um, rapper. Tell me about your background in your creative world, your audio creative world. And then we go into voiceovers. How did all of that begin for you? Okay, so so the story actually starts with uh, audio creation and then delves into uh, voiceovers. So how I became a voiceover artist is because I was already being an artist trying to uh, be a hip-hop guy and whatnot. So it all started in 2013 <laughs> when I was going to the studio in a place called Olympia here in Lusaka, um, known as So Good Entertainment. I had just graduated into a recording artist because previously I was I was just the studio watcher, you know, like the kid who is always found around the big artists and he's just watching them and just shadowing them and trying to learn as much as he can before he's the kid ready to record his own music. So that's what used to happen for me. I was more or less the um, that guy. I was that kid, you know, big, big artists, some who are like really big even now here in Zambia, uh, by Zambian standard, of course. I used to just watch how they would come and record and what process they would go through and so on and so forth. And I would be there thinking to myself, man, I wish I was like him. I wish I could be at that level. I wish I could get to, get to record. I wish I could get to, to also speak my mind on, on beats and so on and so forth. And I, I was just patiently waiting for my time. And then eventually I got the chance. I got the chance and I thought I fumbled it because I made a couple mm -hmm. mistakes mm -hmm. here and there, but they still believe that, no, this boy's got potential. And they gave me a chance. Next thing I know, I became a recording artist. And as I was trying to record my own ideas, a lot of the bigger people I was looking up to would have me involved on some of their projects and say stuff like, okay, I want you to do the intro. I want you to write a poem and do it at, as the outro, okay? I want you to work on a poem and I'm going to break it down into bits and pieces for my album. I'm going to tell my album through your poem, you know, and, and amazing stuff like that. And I was just there. I was happy to work with all of these greats because for me, it was a dream getting to come true. Then this one time, one of the big artists I look up to, he's a big brother now, you know, like we, we, we talk regularly. He, he found me in the studio this one time. I was recording an intro for somebody. And <clears throat> next thing I know, he, he just tells me, yo, you know, you can make money off your voice. And I was like, uh, 
For real? Like how 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 they do that? I right, cool. What I need you to do is get some cleaning detergents. Look at the packaging and read what's on the packaging in that dramatic voice you're making. And I was like, oh okay, sort of like an infomercial. And he's like, yeah, yeah whatever you watched on TV. And, and then I I went home, recorded myself doing those things, and the very next week. I got a call from an agency asking me to come in. Now I was I was broke. I wasn't like wow, you know, doing wow. too well, so I went in there hella dusty. I, I walked it. I walked into the agency hella dusty, and people are looking at me like, "Damn, who's this kid who's just come in, looking poor?" But anyway, uh, the person who recommended you said you have a great voice, so go on there and read that script. So I walk over to the microphone and they give me a script for a well-known brand, um, Shoprite. I don't know if, if if Nigeria has Shoprite as well, but Shoprite is like pretty popular here in Southern Africa. So I read this script and they stop me. They're like, "Hold on, stop!" They they were they were shocked. They took a breather. Mm-hmm. Then they came back into the recording room and they said, "Did you small thing?" produce that big voice do you have a computer in your neck or something and i didn't know what to tell them i, I just felt a bit offended they called me a small thing i was like just give me a, a few years uh i'll probably gain weight and then they were like, yeah, the kind of money we're about to give you you will and wow. that was my that was my first big break into the voiceover industry and that's like over a decade ago now yeah about about it's about a decade Wow. Yeah, so, wow. So that was, that's, ShopRite that's, was my first big gig as a voiceover artist. It did, did a lot of great things for me. It did a mm. lot of great things for me. So, yeah, that's how that's how I became a voiceover actor, a recording artist in the studio, working on people's intros and working on my own poetry to a voiceover artist. But I I do both seamlessly now. I I still am a recording artist. And I still do a lot of voiceover work. It's only this, I would say, this year is when I became regional uh, because mm-hmm. a talent agency from SA reached out to me. And that's how I started doing regional voiceovers. Or I got into doing regional, regional voiceovers. I, I recently did something for 10-bet. I also, I've been doing uh, DSTV for a bit now. So that's, mm-hmm. that's how it's been. That, that's interesting. That's true. Uh, it's such a big story to, if, if you ask me, your first major voiceover performance became a very huge one for a brand like ShopRite. And, and that got me thinking about what the voiceover industry in Zambia is like. Do you mind telling me about what the voiceover industry, the voiceover landscape in Zambia is like? Um, do you have an idea of the the history or what you can trace to say, oh, um, this is what's going on in the country, and this is how big we're, and this is these are the things happening. This are this is how voice actors operate, and all of that. Uh, yeah. So, uh, your question was asking about like the voiceover landscape, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The voice the voiceover landscape has been pretty interesting. I think for a place like Zambia, we're yet to get to a place where voiceover artists can actually be proud to say I'm a voiceover artist. Because for mm. the most part, a lot of the a lot of the systems here are not in place. We we don't have like proper structures to to really more or less support voiceover artists. Nine out of ten, I can tell you now, you have to negotiate your way through. You know, no one really mm. ever accepts mm. that. Oh yeah, this is gonna, you know, be part of the marketing and actually generate leads or generate sales generate sales for us and so on and so forth because to them they're they're just thinking yeah you're going to just stand or sit and read aloud that's all you're doing Mm. because that's Mm. all you're doing it's not like there's no there's no consideration for what actually goes into that you know like oh anyone with a deep voice can can read a script you know anyone with Mm. english can read a script so there's no appreciation for what the voiceover actually does and the mechanics that are actually around it. And so to make matters even more interesting, the voiceover industry, well, it's, it's, it's not really an industry. 
but I would say it's a marketplace. The voice of a marketplace in Zambia is quite saturated because you have people who maybe they're a radio presenter. A client comes and thinks, oh, because you're a radio presenter, then you can do voiceovers. But they forget that there's the element of acting that's involved. You really have to sell the brand. You have to feel mm -hmm. like the brand. Like when they hear the texture of your voice saying the brand name, it needs to sound nice. It, it, it doesn't just need to, it needs to sound and feel nice. It doesn't just need to sound nice. All those elements are never really considered. And even when we try and tell people that, yo, I'm looking out for my bills as well when I give this charge, they think we should mm -hmm. be doing other things to make money and voiceovers is more or less like a hobby that you know we should more or less leverage to make a little bit extra when there's mm. there's a whole industry outside of our of the confines of our country that is thriving there are people buying lamborghinis off their voice you know what i'm saying like there's that dude mm. who's been doing uh trailers from the states you know in the world that guy Red pepper. <laughs> yeah, that guy has enough royalties to give his grandkids grandkids. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But yeah. for us to even yeah. get there, it, it takes it takes a whole lot. Uh, it's for for the creative industry as a whole, for it to exist, for it to have structures, and for it to have uh, and for it to be protected, it takes a whole lot because nine times out of ten, it is being looked at as it is being looked at as um, as a hobby, you know, like yeah, people are not yeah. really taking creative work seriously. Like, if, be it graphic design, someone just thinks, oh, ah, you'll, you'll just put cartoons together and they're on a poster. Mm. <laughs> you, know, you don't know that this person had to actually take a course or teach themselves how to use, uh, what's, what's that thing? Photoshop or a design you know app, yeah. like yeah. InDesign and so on and so forth. So like in Zambia, I don't know how it is everywhere else, but in Zambia, from my experience, there needs to be a mentality shift in both people that aspire to do voiceovers and people mm. that pay for voiceovers. Mm. They need to understand that, yo, this is someone's livelihood. This is their time, their ingenuity and their creativity. It took years of them to practice, to perfect and to do safely. I urge all our WWE fans, never try this out. Anyway. <laughs> but you get, yeah, you, get, you, get yeah. you get you get the point of what I'm trying to say, right? So Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, so it's a, it's an uphill battle. It's a it's a huge uphill mm. battle. But we're getting there because earlier today, as a matter of fact, there was someone who called me in. They wanted me to do a voiceover for a client. And I was telling them, oh, because I've worked with them before and I'm like, yo, so I charge for usage now because working with the talent agency from South Africa has taught me a couple of things about voiceover payments, right? Yeah. So they introduced me to what is known as usage. For mm -hmm. however long mm -hmm. the voiceover is being used for, there is, there is, um, there is a fee attached to that, you know, and yeah. everything yeah. is paid at once, you know, either 30 days later or before the job is done. You know, so, mm -hmm. and also if you do a voiceover and let's say it was rejected or client decides to go a different direction, you are compensated for your studio time and for your performance. Yeah. People in yeah. Zambia, when they hear those things, they're like, no, you're being, ex you're exaggerating. That's precisely <laughs> the word that I was told. When I brought up the issue of usage, when I said, mm -hmm. how long is my voice being used for? Uh, it's going to be used indefinitely. And I'm just there like, indefinitely? Do you have at least a year count? Like, is it going to be used for three years? How long are they pushing this campaign for? Indefinitely. Okay, can I can I maybe at least charge you for three years of usage? What are you talking about? You're exaggerating. That's not how things work here. Da -da 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 -da. Mm, and I'm like, mm. but that's how they should work. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you as agency stand to see more from the trickle down than I do. And I'm the voice of the campaign. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when, when, when we come out like this, clients or agencies who mediate the deal will probably say stuff like, oh no, we can't hire him no more. He thinks he knows it all. You know, he's mm -hmm. arrogant. 
Oh, he think he know his worth. He doesn't know that his friends are cheaper. So he needs to be competitive with his cheaper friends. And I'm just here like, bruh, this is my livelihood. I'm not yeah, about to shoot yeah. myself in the foot. I'm, I'm trying to do amazing things and also reinvest. How am I supposed mm -hmm. to reinvest if you're trying to blackball or lowball me? You know, it makes it makes it makes it extremely difficult to actually make progress in my life, you know, and to also mm -hmm. make progress enough to teach the next person, you know. But, mm -hmm. but that's the that, that's the thing. It's it, it takes it takes shifting perspectives. That's the kind of environment I'm I'm working in. That's the kind of environment I'm in. And obviously, one day at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time, we're gonna get there. We're gonna get to a place where usage will not be a bone of contention you know it, yeah it'll, it'll yeah. be accepted like oh yeah we're gonna use your voice for x amount of months charges accordingly you know what i'm saying and i'm and i've been trying mm -hmm. to get like other voiceover artists to like get with the program like yo charge like this consider these things when you're formulating your quotation and so on and so mm -hmm. forth so so that you don't get cheated out of you know how much you're making because at the end of the day agency is going to do a markup and still charge you withholding tax so mm. you're going to get less than what you actually quote so at the end yeah, of the day yeah. make sure it's numbers you're comfortable with and you can live by them even for a month if your mm. one voiceover mm. can subsist you for a month or sustain you for a month then if you can get three or four more voiceovers within that same month you're good to go for four months, depending on how you budget. You know what I'm saying? If you have yeah, legroom, yeah. even to if you if you're a spender and you you want to go play, you know you need to have that legroom <laughs> to support the kind of character you have. Or you know mm -hmm. if you're trying to be a bit more wise with your money and try and reinvest and do all of these amazing things where you multiply your money, then you need to have money that is worth investing, money that you can take away from uh your income that you can invest but with the kind of marketplace we have it makes it hard to not only reinvest in self and craft but also just invest and multiply wealth you know it's it's hard for creatives across across the across the country it's hard for creatives to reinvest unless they just get a big break and get like a retainer or a job and that's when they start making significant progress or when they leave Zambia, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but I don't want to be that guy who has to leave Zambia in order to make a living off of uh, the creativity I've been blessed with. I want to be that guy who yeah. says it's possible yeah. to make it here. You know what I mean? Hey guys, so here is a quick commercial. Well, if you're in Nigeria and you're probably just starting voiceovers or wanting to get into voiceovers or you're already doing voiceovers, but you need the right quality audio equipment, mics, monitors, headphones, audio interfaces, and so on, Codet VoiceOvers is the plug for you. We consult, sell, and distribute quality audio across Nigeria at the best prices. If you want to make a purchase or find out more, send a mail to codedvoiceovers at gmail.com or a WhatsApp message to plus 234-906-087-8154 plus 234-906-087-8154 or just send a DM to us on Instagram at codedvoiceovers. And the best part is, wherever you are in Nigeria, you'll get your gears delivered to you in less than a week. All right, so let's get back to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, um, it's really interesting listening to you talk about um, the landscape over there in Zambia, especially the fact that I can relate with a couple of things like um, how voiceovers charge for their job and how clients or agencies respond to those um, charge um terms right for instance just like you a few months ago i lost a job with a client all because i i wanted to know what the usage of the voiceover was going to be like and then the person goes like oh this uh voiceover is supposed to be the company's property you're just supposed to do your job and that's it and we're paying you for your job it doesn't matter how long we're going to be using it we're just and i was like no it doesn't work this way and the person was like if i'm not going to do this job um let's just forget about it but if i'm going to do it i should do it at the end of the day 
I wasn't doing the job. And I have seen some other voice actors, even in Nigeria, struggle with such things. So I think there, there has to be a lot of reinvention about what voiceover is in the minds of both the talent and the clients and the agencies here in Africa. Um, yeah. yeah, we have a lot of learning and relearning and unlearning to do, right? And um, I'm glad that you you came to that realization, you know, and you're able to implement it. It's not easy, <laughs> I tell you. It's not easy to prove those points. But I know, like you said, one step at a time, we're going to get there. I don't know if there's any other thing you want to talk about or touch on as a challenge, challenge. you know, oh, voice actors are facing. Um, saturation in the market, you know, mm. there's, there's this feeling of just because it can be done, I should do, you know, there's no purpose to it, mm. you know, mm. and there's no, there's no skill building as well. And like I said, there are no structures to protect talent you know, other than talent themselves, trying to protect themselves. And also when you protect yourself, you run the risk of being jobless, you know, like no one will hire mm, you. Mm. Like, like I mentioned, like, oh yeah, he thinks he knows it all. Like people are petty like that, <laughs> you know? Mm, and that's mm. where even like there's the same culture of humility becomes toxic because now I'm supposed to look at a job coming my way as a privilege. This privileged opportunity could go to anyone, but it's come to me. Therefore, I must bend over as far as I can backwards to do the job or to keep the mm -hmm. job. You know what I'm saying? And then uh, people in uh, privileged positions or agency and so on and so forth, or someone in marketing direct from client, because there are jobs that come direct from the marketing team uh, on client's end, and it never goes to yeah, the agency. Yeah. Maybe sometimes agency will facilitate payment. So because of that same perspective of looking at the job as a privilege that I could lose and that I need to humble myself to accept, there's a whole lot of, you know, there's a whole lot of injustice that happens there because there are times that agency or someone from marketing will try and act as though they are your friend giving you enough rope. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In actuality, yeah. they're giving you the short end. You don't you don't have full disclosure of what's in the budget. Mm. You know, mm. and again, it's a matter of value, you know, perspective on value. Nine mm. times out of ten, because people look at this as a hobby, people look at what we do as you're just standing and speaking. If I give them a pricing with or without usage, that is more than at least ten thousand, right? At least ten thousand. If it's more than that, or even just less, I think if it's more than five thousand, because a lot of a lot of people like to go below that. Sometimes they they want a voiceover for even five hundred, for a thousand, mm -hmm. for a thousand five. The the highest most people go to when they say they're out of budget when they were considering the voice is like two thousand five hundred, you know. And I'm just out here like that's that's not even enough to cover a month you know like mm. food alone costs food for a month costs 2500 like if i'm going to just expend on food mm. i eat mm. for four weeks mm. 2000 to 2500 sometimes even three will be spent so therefore if i'm living on my voice alone how should i be charging and also the fact that whenever people approach you they think uh Frequency means you have a lot of money. They don't know that there's mm -hmm. late payments. There's people still arguing on how much they should pay you, you know, and yeah, so on and so yeah. forth. And, and public perception is if you're a voiceover artist, they recognize your voice and they know you personally. Oh, man, you must be rich. I hear your voice on radio every day on like four or five different ads. And I have to painfully, <laughs> I have to painfully tell them, oh, yeah, out of those four ads, I've only been paid for one. I'm still mm -hmm. waiting for payment from the other three. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, oh, yeah, I did those. Ah, they told me it was pro bono because they didn't have a budget, but somehow it's on radio, right? <laughs> so all of all of these things add to not only frustrations that we have as voiceover acts or talent in Zambia, but it also just propels the marketplace getting more and more 
toxic. An establishment of structure is what's going to help us, you know. Hmm. Okay. Now, speaking of an establishment of structure, it seems to me like at the moment there are no associations or institutions around voiceovers in Zambia. Is that correct? Yeah, that's very correct. There are no institutions that protect the interests of talent as a whole, you know, um, yeah. especially yeah. for voice. Yeah. Because mm. in Nigeria, we have what we call the Association of Voice of Artists of Nigeria. It's um acronym for AVOA. And um, AVOA has been existing for over a decade, but it, it, it has its own challenges challenges as well for quite some time now things have been really slow with the association but we're hoping that they get back on track but then voice actors have been able to you know um, find their way around their crafts build some kind of value around themselves but then the last uh, the larger part of uh, or the larger population of voice actors are still suffering from a lot of things that you mentioned that you're suffering from in your own country one of the things that voice actors are working with or a lot of young voice actors one of the ways that they're trying to help themselves in having a stronger career is by going to voiceover institutions so there are academy of academies of learning voiceovers in nigeria existing at the moment just to be clear again do we have anything of such in zambia or you know it's just a matter of getting mentored by a few people or just a, a, a crop of unprofessionals that think that they can do it because people do it and they just get doing it, you know, uh, something around what you, around me- what you mentioned, mentioned before. Yeah, we, we have, I think we are countable. Like the people mm-hmm. who are professional voiceover artists, you can count them on, on either both hands or one hand for the most part. Wow. You can count the wow. professional voiceover artists on two hands, right? Like those who are known that, yes, these are voiceover artists. Then now you have a top five from there. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and the voiceover community knows this very, very well, that we do have a top five. And Mm, mm. to get to do region in terms of voice means you've really broken through, you know? So there's, there's that. And then the other thing is we don't have any academies. Like talent isn't taught as, as a skill. Talent here is not mm. as a skill mm. that you need to build, that you need to build upon, right? Mm. It's taught mm. as a hobby. For the most part, we are told, oh yeah, in your spare time, play the guitar. Whereas mm. if you go to mm. New York, there's a music academy where in your spare time, you should read a book. <laughs> See the difference. <laughs> the priority yeah. there, the priorities are different. So even here, the priorities are more blue collar, white collar, and everything mm. else in between. Mm. And then now for us, it's spare time. So even in people's minds, we are spare time. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, I see. You're just the cherry on top of the cake. The cake took a baker to make. You know what I'm saying? But you are just the cherry. Like, there is no amount of work you put in to become a cherry. You are just the cherry. I don't know if mm. that makes sense with that analogy. I get you. But, I get but, you, man. Yeah, you know, like that's 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 the landscape we in. That's the kind of that's the kind of environment we in. And and really, additional structure could help. Taking people to school mm. to learn these things could help. If it means the government has to come up with like a sponsorship program, that's gonna help. But at the end of the day. Even us who are established voiceover artists in Zambia need to do something about it. Because if we are not doing something about it, anyone who feels hungry and goes like, oh, yeah, but I have a deep voice, will wake up and feed that hunger, not knowing the value of what they're doing, so long their hunger Mm. is fed. Mm. Mm. Wow, That's, uh, that's some revelation there. Um, I was gonna ask about. Uh, rates in Zambia, but then at this point, understanding that the industry, or would we say the marketplace is still, should I say in its formative stage? Because right now there seems to be a lot of people just doing their thing their own way. I don't think there is an official rates card or rates guide that um, voice actors in Zambia follow. 
Or, okay, let me put it to you this way. What's the formula for voice actors in Zambia in determining their rates or how much they should be paid? Do we have a situation where agencies or clients already have a, a set rate that they pay voice actors? Or do they leave you to determine that? And even when they leave you to determine that, would you say your value is worth it? I know you referenced something like that. I just want to hear your response in terms of official rates. Is if, if it's something that, you know, cuts across the industry or it's just a jungle where everybody's trying to figure it out. Uh, for the most part, it's a jungle. <laughs> but okay. there, there, there is no standard standard rate that the standard rates that apply. All those all those kinds of things come with structure. And that's what we like. We have no structure. So without structure, it means there is no guide. So without guide, it's happy-go-lucky. So a lot of a lot of voiceover actors determine their pricing based on uh, previous experience with certain clients. Like maybe they went in to do a voiceover and they weren't told how much was in the budget for it. And mm-hmm. maybe someone gives them 2,000 kwacha, right? And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, 2,000 kwacha for just talking? great and so every other subsequent time that they're asked to do a voiceover they'll be like yeah 2000 kwacha then maybe after a year mm-hmm. they'll be like hmm i didn't really see where that money was going and they're still using my voice they start to now wake up and realize there must be a lot of money in this stuff so now they start charging mm-hmm. 3000 kwacha some 4000 kwacha and then those who have been doing this for 10 years plus they start doing 10000 kwacha 15000 kwacha 20,000 kwacha for voice, right? And then mm. now, mm. like I said, when you come back to like the top five who also do voiceovers regionally, they have a bit of exposure. So their pricing is 20,000 plus. You know what I'm mm. saying? Mm. They don't they don't they don't come down. If they come down, probably the person who was hiring them is a friend and they're trying to do him a favor, you know? But at the end yeah, of the day, yeah. a lot of these people take care of families. So if they're gonna keep doing voiceovers. It has to make sense for the family, you know, because it won't make sense to go home to your wife and you're like, oh, yeah, I only brought back like a 2K. You know what I'm saying? So, like, for me, the formula I use is if that's the only voiceover that's paying me that month, I need to make sure what I need within a month is covered. So that's logistics, bills, rent and food. So, like, the four main things, logistics, which is my movements my bills for the month and food in my house. And then if I have a bit of leg room, I might mm. save it. If I have a bit more leg room, I might go buy some new shoes, but I need to make sure the sum total of all these things that I need in a month are covered. And that's how I price myself. And even then I'm told it's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> okay you see this 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 is a challenge that cuts across board in the african space i know even internationally though but then to different measures something i'm also curious to know like you mentioned getting a an agent and that has gotten you a couple of gigs I think from South Africa and from my own findings so far, I, I know that there are about a few agents in South Africa for of voice actors. I know one in Egypt. I'm not sure about other African countries, but I'm not sure if there are any agents in um, in Zambia. Uh, how, you, you've been working with agents. Do you mind, apart from the rates, do you mind um, talking about the need for agents in the system and also while answering this question i'd like you to say a few things that you would like if there are three things you could change about your industry the zambian voiceover market what are the three things you will change about it okay um so yeah we definitely need agents people who look out for our best interest because they do act as a possible buffer you know but also they show a level of professionalism like someone who's able to speak on your behalf about what you do, you know, and they're also able to sell you, <laughs> you know, because mm-hmm. they're also trying to make some money. So it needs to make sense at the end of the day. And they also yeah. need to understand the structures yeah. around what they're helping you push. So the number one thing I would change is, first of all, add structure. Take people to school to learn the talent. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they should be able to determine whether it's something they should 
pursue viably. The same way we all went to school and we decided, okay, when I get to college, I'll study law, I'll study this because you feel based off of your results and the trajectory with which you're growing, it would suit you more to do engineering or to do law. You know what I'm saying? So mm. in that same regard, we need to basically weed out <laughs> the, the saturated market of talent that's here. And then number two, after having structures, we need representation. Mm. We need representation. People that, uh, like I said, they look out for our best interests and they protect us holistically, <clears throat> you know, and that's part of the, the, that's part of the structure really at the end of the day. And I think the third thing that I would change is understanding and perspective of value. What is the value of a thing? Like if I'm going to have my voice attached to something that people will hear for almost three years and whatever impact that voiceover has in whether it's a TVC or it's a radio campaign, whatever impact it has on the company needs to also reflect in my life. Mm. I can't just go away with a one-off payment and memories of doing something great. <laughs> You know, that, mm. that the impact with which it carries should be the impact with which it carries with me. So yeah. I'm living, yeah. or even if I die, it should be passed on. It should be transmutable, transmittable, you know, to, to the next generation after me. You know, the same way that music has gotten to a place where the Michael Jackson estate is still supporting Jackson uh, kids, you know, who, mm -hmm. who are kids now. They're going through college off Jackson estate money. You know what I'm saying? Mm, like the Jackson yeah, estate yeah. is self-sufficient to that degree. I believe voice falls within the same fields. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. in America, they have the structures figured out. Of course, they still have a couple of the arguments that we have here, but on the part yeah, of royalty yeah. and usage, oh man, they are settled. They, they've settled that, that argument. A voiceover actor mm, from... Mm. America knows what he's getting into when he's going to act in something or when he's going to voice a particular script, you know, and so on and so forth. Mm. And they're able to make a living. They're able to, to reinvest. They're able to, my thing is if we can holistically change the structures and perceptions, everything else follows. And people who strongly feel without a shadow of a doubt that in as much as I can do many other things, I find fulfillment in utilizing my voice, the impact that they have on brands and people should reflect in their personal lives mm. to the point where they have peace that I did this and I'm at peace that I did it because it was, it enabled me to support my family beyond myself. And honestly, what that does holistically is build legacies mm. and i honestly feel there is no voiceover actor or artist that doesn't want a lasting legacy they want to be remembered even when they're gone like even if yeah, the whole world yeah. doesn't remember them their, their family should speak praises or sing praises of your great grandpappy used to voice abc brand and that's how he met your mom in that office mm -hmm. when he went to the studio and then your mom <laughs> met and then you know and then that's how you are here because he was doing voiceovers you, you dig what i'm saying like yeah yeah it it becomes this beautiful tapestry of a of a journey yeah wow Wow, interesting. Thank you so much. I mean, it's been a, a good time talking to you about the voice of our marketplace in Zambia, which um, yeah. is going to grow, grow to become an industry, you know. <laughs> if you, if you if, say, for instance, there's a young chap that is uh, willing to go into voiceovers right now, and you had the opportunity to advise that person, what kind of advice would you give to the voice actor? Oh, yeah. Protect your neck. That's what I would tell him. Like, for, for okay, him, what protect, does that protect your neck? Pro uh, oh, protect your neck. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> protect your neck. So I would basically tell them have a memorandum of understanding before engaging in any uh, official work. Your memorandum of mm -hmm. understanding should have your terms and conditions and how much you would like to be paid. 
and if there's room to negotiate that or not and how much you're going to invoice well not necessarily how much you're going to invoice but more or less how much uh you will consider based on the usage because the mm. more the more voiceover actors and artists who are coming up who are hungry realize their value is going to change a whole lot as well so that's that's what i would advise a young gun coming up invest in your craft so ensure that the the jobs you do make enough sense for you to reinvest in your craft for you to have a home studio so that you can you know you have an edge over other voiceover actors like other voiceover actors have to go to a studio to record you can do it from the comfort of your home buy a portable mic you know all those are investments to more or less give you an edge you know as as a voiceover actor like yo i have a mic that i carry in my car so when i get a yeah, job i just yeah. roll up the windows pull out my zoom mic and i record the voiceover i listen back to it on the mac and i send it through the client all done within an hour such delivery time can be unmatched amazing so again for those listening destro is not just a voice actor he's also a poet is a rapper i mean you guys should check out what he's done so far so for people who want to reach out to you or check out your stuff um give us the information on how we can go about that uh so yeah people can find me everywhere uh everywhere is your musical channels your spotify's your apple musics I'm there as Destro FNP. I have a YouTube channel under the same name just to make life easier. You know, I'm yeah, on Twitter, yeah. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram as Destro FNP. Yeah. Great. Great. Thank you so Thank much you Destro. Much, it's been a fun time with you, you know, talking about voiceovers in Zambia and all of that. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor and a pleasure. All right man uh, hopefully we'll get to talk another time about um the growth of the industry there in Zambia and other related issues yes sir all right guys so that's it for this episode of the everything voice of us podcast it's t code and i'm saying keep voicing and keep learning bye if you enjoyed this episode subscribe leave a comment and tell someone about it Follow the podcast on Everything Vios on all social media platforms. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. This podcast is a Coded Voice of Us production.